Amen and amen. All right. All right. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, I'll go ahead and ask you to stand. We'll go ahead and read the text. Just two verses uh, today. And uh, uh, I'm always curious. If I give Brad the uh, the uh, title messages. And so I'm always kind of curious as what he plugs in there. So I see he's done a good job there. Master your money or your money will master you. And we're going to read a couple of verses there. Just two verses, 15 and 16. Then you can be seated. Uh, so it says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 15, uh, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching and teaching of the Word of God tonight. Uh, Father, help us to understand some things, Lord, about uh, wealth, money, uh, material gain. Uh, Father, help us to understand it in the right way. And Father, just pray that you'll speak to our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead uh, and be seated. Really, we've read uh, here how to have a proper attitude towards money or towards wealth, towards uh, worldly possessions. And uh, whether, you know, a lot of people may not realize it, but we can certainly have the tendency to, to, to view riches and money in the wrong way. Um, and, and, and it works both ways. There's, there's some people that think that, that, that somebody that's rich, they must have a problem. Well, that isn't true either. Uh, and, and people that are poor, they, they don't ever really struggle with money, but that's not true either, as we're going to see here in just a moment. Uh, and so really it's all about uh, attitude. In other words, there's some people that have a lot of money, and certainly it's their God, it's their their motivation, but I've also seen people that don't have a lot of money, that they're poor, but money's still their God and their motivation as well. It's just that one has some and one doesn't. And uh, so, you know, whether you're poor or rich is not really the 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 the, the focus all the time. Now, how we manage and feel about our money does say a lot about us spiritually. Um, and that's what we're really going to look at here. And uh, we read there in Proverbs, hold your place there, and turn back to the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter 16. And uh, I'll read a couple of passages here that what Jesus talks about. And again, I want to say this again, how we feel about and how we spend and handle and manage our money uh, our our wealth, our our capital, if you will, it may not be dollars and cents, but it could be possessions. Really says a lot about us spiritually. And again, it's I'm not talking about if you have if you have much or if you have little. Okay, either one, poor or rich, can have this problem. Uh, and the Bible teaches us uh, that that God sees this attitude very plainly. He sees our attitude towards money, whether that attitude is right or wrong, good or bad. Uh, and again, it shows if we can handle things of greater spiritual meaning. Um, and a lot of people don't see it this way. I've actually, I've actually seen people try to separate the two. They say, well, I got my business side and I got my spiritual side, but Jesus is fixing to blow that plumb out of the water. And he says they're connected. Uh, your, again, I want to say it again, how you feel about money, your possessions, how you handle things, says a great deal about you uh, 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 spiritually. Uh, and, and again, I want you to understand, this is something that Jesus said there at Luke 16, verse 10. 
uh, here's what Jesus says. He says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. That makes sense. You know, I've often said, hey, if you can't be faithful in little things, can't be faithful in the big things, right? Man, that makes sense, okay? That's what Jesus is saying here, uh, but he takes it a little farther. He says, he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Amen. Now notice uh, verse uh, 11. Now he still has this same thought here. He says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, mammon, uh, sometimes we look at that as money, and he's talking about a wrong attitude towards money, but it's not just dollars and cents per se, it's your riches, it's your wealth, uh, your capital, if you will. He says, uh, um, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So I say again, how we manage and feel about our money says a great deal about us spiritually. Because he's making this comparison here, and, and I'll try to uh, explain it here a little bit. In other words, uh, how you treat your worldly riches uh, coincides with how you treat uh, heavenly riches, as, as Christ uh, uh, makes that compa- comparison here. And so again, that's why I think it's important as we go back to Rome, or Proverbs chapter 10, that how we see wealth and uh, you know, how we treat our pocketbook and, 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 and how we spend money and those types of things. Hey, listen, I'm trying to get you to understand. It, it tells a great deal about us spiritually tonight. Okay? And so again, that could be good or bad. So, so let's go back to our passage here, and we'll talk about uh, what it teaches about wealth And as we kind of break these uh, couple of verses down. Now, we understand, I mentioned this last week and even the week before, and, and really throughout the book of Proverbs, that uh, in the book of Proverbs you find what we're calling parallel statements, and often they contrast one with the other. In other words, you see the positive and the negative, but put them both together, they explain both of them better. And so we've talked about that, and we see that in this tonight as well. Um, and we see how the righteous treat wealth, but we're also going to see how the wicked treat wealth. And I want to keep reminding you here, it's not about amount. It's not about how much or how little. It's about attitude towards money. Uh, and in doing so, uh, we're going to learn how we, uh, as God's people, need to see wealth and understand it and, and even consider it. So number one, money is neither good or bad. Money is neither good or bad. Some say, well, doesn't Paul tell Timothy that the money that money is the root of all evil? That's not what it says, though, is it? What's it say? The love of money is the root of all evil. So again, it's not the money that's evil, but it's your, your attitude. It's how you see money. That's what makes it evil, okay? Uh, and so, so it, you know, it's, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Uh, and again, it's, it's, we're talking about our attitude towards wealth. Now, certainly money can be a blessing. You know, the Bible makes that clear. We see it here in our passage. I mean, let's think about it. A lot of times, I mean, probably, probably more times than we realize, probably most of our prayers have to do with some type of financial obstacle that we need to overcome. Right? I mean, we need something in order. So, so, and, and that's fine. That, I'm not saying that's evil, okay? But it usually has to do with some type of financial obstacle or hurdle that we need to cross. Uh, and, and, and I believe the Bible teaches that money can certainly be a good thing. I think we even see it here in our text. We'll bring that out in just a moment. But here's the thing. A, a foolish person, though, is going to trust in their wealth uh, or, or money for their security rather than God for their security. Now, that's the problem. 
God certainly can bless us with wealth and can bless us with money and material things. Uh, that's fine, but, but we want to make sure that, hey, that, that we understand that it's not the money that's keeping us secure, it's God that's keeping us secure. So it's the attitude towards money. I mean, no one could ever argue, you know, that, 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 that you know, I mean, we, we, we understand that money can certainly provide security, and, and really, that's what we see here. Look at verse 15. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. There's a comparison there. Um, it's compared, in other words, money here is compared to a strong city. Think about it, a strong city, particularly in Bible times where other kings would just come and take over. A, a strong city in those times, it offered protection and safety. And there was nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, it was kind of wise to, to live within those city gates. And so we, we look at, and then I see that's the comparison there. If, if, if we have money, uh, there's, you know, we don't need to worry so much about food and shelter and clothing. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with that. Pray, hey, listen, if you don't have to worry about those things because you have money, praise the Lord. That's a blessing. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Uh, uh, certainly, if, if you can uh, set money back for, for leaner times, amen, there is nothing wrong with that. doesn't mean that you're, you're wicked because you have been blessed in some way. Uh, if you have, hey, listen to this, if you've got money and you can afford a little better quality of health care and legal assistance, I say more power to you. Amen. Right? <laughs> You know, I know that kind of goes against the entitlement theory today. But hey, if, you, if you've got that and you can afford it, hey, praise the Lord. There, there, there's nothing wrong. Hey, listen, it's not money that's evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. So we're, we're not, we're not uh, 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 saying those things. We're not making having things out to be, to be unspiritual or wicked. And, 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 and certainly... You know, those types of things, having a better quality of life and, and more uh, means to do things, that in and of itself, that's not sin. That's not wrong. No more than living in a strong city would be. Because that's what he says. It's like a strong city. You know, are those that live in the Bible times, uh, those that chose not to live in the city, they lived outside the city where it was more dangerous. They couldn't shake their fist at those that were in the city and say, you know, we ought to get what you get, you know. No, that's not what it's saying. So again, money's not, money's not good or bad. You know, sustenance is not good or bad. But again, it is our, our, our attitude about it. But if one is trusting in that, though, in other words, that's their... Their, their, their focus in life, that is their, their God, if you will, and they're trusting only in that and not the Lord, certainly that, that would be foolish. Now, that would be certainly wrong. Uh, and really the very thing that they're trusting in for security would be the very thing that would ruin them later. So again, it's all about attitude. But money is neither, neither good or bad. So we kind of see a positive side uh, about riches there. Again, a rich man's wealth is in his strong city. But notice the second part of the verse. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. You know, uh, some of us probably can relate to these types of things, especially maybe in our younger days when we first got married. And, you know, sometimes things would get a little lean. And, and, and sometimes there's a lot of families out there that live on the brink of ruin. Uh, 
you know, sometimes there might be some of us that we're complaining that our savings and retirements and 401ks aren't gaining much money. Uh, but there's others out there that are just worried about simply making it through the week this week. You know? And I'm not saying the ones that have a 401k are wrong, and I'm not saying the ones that don't have one are wrong. I, I'm just trying to get you to, to understand some things about, about wealth. You know, again, some of us are, are mad because, you know, our stocks aren't doing right and all those other things, while there's some people that rejoice because they paid the bills, they got food and shelter and clothing, don't have a dime in the bank, but praise God, we got her for another month. <laughs> right? I'm kind of more along the lines of that second bunch, by the way. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's, it, 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 it's attitude. And so again, it's not money. It's not, you know, these things in themselves that's good or bad. And it doesn't really mean that one person is right or one person is wrong. I know sometimes we're tempted to say, well, you know, if the poor, you know, if they'd go do what I did and they worked a little bit harder and, you know, got an education, you know, they, you know, they're, they're poor because they choose to be. And certainly that could be true. But I did a little word study, and it's always important to study these words in the Bible. And here in the book of Proverbs, that word poor in the Greek, really it's, it's talking about those that are poor beyond their control. And that really kind of, you know, I said, okay, well, I need to look at this verse a little closer. And again, it's about attitude. And even the word destruction is defined as a city that is weak. Not like the strong city, but it's a city itself that's weak. It doesn't have the the power that other city would have. So it's, it's making some things here. So let's look at this. In life, some are blessed to live within the gates of a strong city. Uh, they have material uh, advantages, but there are some who live outside the city, if you will, that don't have those material advantages. And I'm just trying to get you to understand, one's not right, one's not wrong. You know, it's, it's really up to the Lord, I suppose. So, I believe this. I don't believe being poor is something anybody wants to be. That, that's not what I'm saying. But, but there, there's, I guess I'm saying there's no advantage in being poor. Life's certainly hard for the poor. That's what it says. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. I mean, that's, that's what they, they battle. You know, uh, in other words, uh, when you don't have a lot of money, I, I remember these days, I mean, a blown tire was a major, major issue. You know? <laughs> It was like, okay, and even back then when you could buy a tire for 35 bucks, you know, it was like, okay, I need this tire. I don't have the money, but I got to go to work. You know, you guys have been there. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you don't have a lot of money, that's certainly, that's, that's an issue. Now, if you got a little money in the bank, yeah, it stings a little bit, but you can go get it fixed. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. One's not, uh, one's not right, one's not wrong. But we understand that uh, life is harder for those that don't have those types of things. You know, your refrigerator stops leak, working, you got a roof leak or whatever. can be a much bigger problem for the poor than for the rich, materialistically, that is. So we're, we understand some things. But even here, even for the poor, uh, you know, is, is one really trusting in God or are they trusting in the money? You know, now that's the difference. So money, again, it's neither good or bad. It's, it's our attitude towards it. Whether one is rich or whether one is poor, um, it still boils down to attitude. There are rich people that have the wrong attitude about money, and there are poor people that have the wrong attitude about money. 
There are rich people that have the right attitude about money, and there are poor people that have the right attitude towards money. So the money's neither good or bad. Uh, and so again, just because one is poor doesn't mean uh, he's right concerning money. Just because one is rich doesn't mean that they're wrong concerning money. So you understand what I'm saying there. So money's neither good nor bad. Number two, let's talk about the righteous and wealth. Uh, verse 16, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. So I think what we're talking about here is quality of life. What determines quality of life? Now, again, we might uh, might say, well, okay, you know, you got some money and you can afford this and, you know, you get to do these types of things. But certainly I think we'd understand that that's not true quality of life uh, because those things, you can have them today and they could be gone tomorrow. And certainly there aren't going to be, you know, you don't see a U-Haul hooked to the back of a hearse, right? I mean, you know, when you when you leave, it's it's it just stays here. Somebody else gets it. So we're not talking about the quality of life. You know, we're, we're talk, not talking about materialistic things. So we're talking about the righteousness. And so righteousness, not wealth, righteousness determines quality of life. Uh, someone could be rich, but his quality of life, uh, you know, is if he's living right and he has that, that, that quality that we're talking about, it, it, it's not his richness. Does that make, is that a word? It's not his wealth that, that makes his quality of life good. It's his righteousness that makes his quality of life good, you see. And, and a wise person would understand that. On the other hand, one could be poor, yet have righteousness. And, and so you, you understand. In that word, you know, what's the labor of the righteous? You know, the labor of the righteous, verse 16. Um, in other words, you know, are, are we talking about how does this benefit life? And I think what the meaning here is we're not actually talking about the labor per se, but really the reward. In other words, what we get for our labor. Um, the reward, well, actually, I think, I don't think I explained that right. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that often our, our, our labor, in other words, we'll cut to the chase here, doing the things for God with a clear conscience and, 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 a, and a pure heart, that's the reward. I mean, that's, that's the quality of life that, that we want to look for here on this side of eternity. So the reward goes beyond, again, we're not talking about wealth, money, material gain. Second Chronicles 15.7 says, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And again, this is all in the context of faithfulness and, and um, obeying God and those types of things. So no matter what our material gain is, our, our real reward for righteous labor it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with, with dollars and cents, material things, uh, pleasures, you know, uh, luxuries, if you will. It's how quality of life is measured really in God's eyes. And so I go back to what I said a while ago, the quality of life is being in the will of God, a clear conscience, a, clear, uh, a clean heart. Uh, that's the reward. And there are those that have a lot of money that are blessed in that way, and there's some that don't have a lot of money that are blessed in that way, you see. And so praise the Lord. And so again, it's it's you know one you know you, you can have it both ways. Again, uh, there are rich people that don't have a good quality of life, and there are poor people that don't have a good quality of life. But it has nothing to do with what they have or don't have materialistically. It has to do with their heart. Amen. So there you go. And then number three, we're almost done. Uh, the wicked and wealth. So we looked at the righteous and wealth. Let's look at the wicked and wealth. We see this contrast. Uh, we saw there the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. Uh, the fruit of the wicked to sin. The fruit of the wicked to sin. I'll be careful. Some of these things are a little hard for me to grasp because I'm not real smart. 
But, but the, the, I believe this is saying that, that, that uh, let, let's read it again. It says, the fruit of the wicked to sin. And so one commentator, I like the way he put it, he says, uh, sin is the revenue of the wicked. It's the, you know, and we go back to the title here. If you don't master your money, your money will master you. In other words, now your money is running your life. That's the revenue. The sin, actually, the money is sin, and the sin is the revenue of the wicked. And so if somebody puts his or her trust in riches, you know, as their only means of being happy, uh, their only means of, you know, I'll never be happy unless I have these certain things, those, those, what you do is those dollars and cents, that materialistic want that you have, that is your sin. That's your, your revenue. That's, that's what you're being paid with. And that's, that's corrupt. You know, that's, that's not going to do you any good. And, uh, so, so again, you know, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So this reminds us of, of the truth also of sowing and reaping. You know, a great biblical teaching there. So the righteous, in other words, we go back kind of to a positive thing here. If they have money, uh, they have wealth, they have material things, but they use it in ways that that brings true joy and enjoyment in their life and fulfillment. And Jesus would certainly teach, the epistles certainly teach, that this means in using it for others, in other words, for the kingdom of God. In other words, they're investing in the Lord's work. That, that, that is the revenue of, of the righteous. That's, that's taking something that God has given you, and it's, you're actually using it to bless you. But if you use it like the wicked use it, that very thing that you have that ought to be for good, it becomes the revenue of the wicked. I mean, that, that's what's running your life all of a sudden. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's your money mastering you instead of you mastering your money. Uh, you know, uh, the wicked, if they have money, uh, they, they use it to, to please the flesh. Uh, they, they, they spend it for self. They spend it on sin, sinful things. Uh, sin becomes their revenue. <clears throat> but even those that don't have money, they're still miserable. You know, they, they, they still want those things. Uh, <clears throat> and again, as it says there, it, it's, it, it's the fruit uh, of the wicked, I'm sorry, <clears throat> the fruit of the wicked to sin. It's that revenue. And so we finish up just by, you know, saying that, you know, for some, you know, money truly is their master. I mean, there's people out there, and, and even that aren't with us anymore, uh, that, uh, you know, have, you know, money, you know, just tons and tons of money, 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 uh, but, but often they're, they're very miserable. And then there are those that don't have money, but they're, they're miserable because they're not happy because they don't have it. Loving the Lord and serving the Lord is not good enough for them. They want money. Um, and, and so the righteous will, will master their money. <clears throat> They'll see it for what it truly is, whether you have little or you have much, or maybe you're somewhere in the between. <clears throat> you still have to master your money. They don't, they don't see money as evil. They, they certainly see the potential that it has for the cause of Christ, and, and that's wonderful. But the wicked always see it for themselves. See it for me, you know, uh, for the cause of self. You know, when, when you find yourself being more worried about a retirement plan than you do souls being saved, I'm saying you got a problem. Amen. Amen. 
when, when you find yourself uh, uh, more secure because you've got something to retire on, and that brings you more pleasure than being obedience to the Word of God, I'm saying you've got a problem. You got you got you got things backwards. You got things mixed up, okay. Uh, and, and so again, it's it's not it's not the retirement plan that's evil. Nothing wrong with having. I hope everybody in here has a good retirement plan. Praise the Lord. I think that's wonderful. But your attitude towards it, you know, that's what we got to watch. You know, as believers, okay. Uh, very very important to understand. Are we trusting that retirement plan? Or are we trusting in God? Somebody will say, well, God gave me that retirement plan. Hey, listen, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He don't need your little old retirement plan to bless you. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, he, he, he can and will use it, but, hey, listen, it's God at the end of the day, all right? And uh, so it's, it's just, you know, it's that attitude. Listen, we got to master our money or our, master, our money will master us. And uh, so, again, the, the righteous see it that way. The wicked see it for the cause of self. And, and so again, I go back to what Jesus even taught us there in Luke. Uh, how we manage our money indicates where we're at spiritually in, in, a, in a huge way. It indicates our relationship with the Lord even. So again, we must master our money or our money will master us. So let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.